from the Ticats Audio Network. This is Ticats Today with Louis Butko. Yes, it is. Ticats Today for a Tuesday, November the 8th, 2022. Thanks for checking us out on the Ticats Audio Network. Yeah, we're still here. Yeah, I know the Ticats season ended. You don't need to remind me. I watched the game. I know what happened. I was there yesterday at Locker Cleanout. Uh, you don't need to remind me. Yeah, the Ticats season is over. After Sunday's East semifinal loss to the Montreal Alouettes. Uh, but I'm still here. I'm going to be here with you through the rest of the week, uh, as along with a lot of other great content on the Ticats Audio Network, including a, a season ending episode of the Coach O Show with Luke Tasker. Uh, there was a new episode of the CFL this week with Bubba O'Neill. And, uh, and lots more great stuff for you planned this week on the Ticats Audio Network, including this show, uh, like I said, which you can catch throughout the rest of the week. Uh, coming up on today's show, we're going to be focusing a little bit on the offense. Uh, we're going to hear from the quarterback of the Hamilton Tiger Cats, Dane Evans. And uh, lots to get to from Dane and uh, a pretty interesting chat with him. And looking forward to you hearing it. And just before all that, you know, I, I think I've been pretty clear with my uh, respect for Dane Evans as a player and as a person. And, uh, you know, him sharing his struggles this season with mental health and and, and being a voice, uh, a strong voice in, in that, I think uh, is really admirable. And uh, we'll hear from him coming up. And we're also going to hear from Chris Van Zyl who obviously didn't have the season he wanted to. He battled injuries throughout. Did dress in that East semifinal game, though. Uh, so we'll hear from Chris, and uh, yeah, I asked him about his future, whether he plans on being back for a 14th CFL season, and uh, we'll hear his answer on that coming up. And then later on, RJ Broadhead, play-by-play -play voice of the Ticats, is going to be by, and uh, we'll get his thoughts on the season that was. So that's all coming up, but let's start uh, with the quarterback of the Ticats. Uh, had a chance to catch up with Dane Evans, uh, cleaning out his locker yesterday, and uh, here's what he had to say about the season. Uh, it was tough. Um, I think, I think this was a year um, for me personally that was probably the toughest mental uh, year of sports in my life. Um, I've played like team sports since I was three years old, um, and I mean this was the toughest one by far. Um, and I had some really amazing things happen this year too, like obviously the birth of my daughter. Um, and becoming a father, and I, I feel like I became a better husband this year too. Um, so I had some really great things going on, but like you said, at the beginning of the year, it just wasn't working on the football field. Um, and I think kind of just becoming the guy, uh, having a daughter whose due date was game one in Saskatchewan all the way across the country, um, having the birth be kind of tough, but not like crazy. Um, not definitely not what some people go through, but it wasn't smooth sailing. Um, and then anybody can tell you that's apparent what that's like, especially in the first couple months of, of your infant's life. Um, it was just a lot. And I, I'm always a guy that I'm never going to blame anybody else. And I think I just put all of that on me and for my whole life, it's never been really that much, you know, but, uh, this was a lot, um, and I think if it wasn't for Dr. Edwards, honestly, I don't think I would have made it through the season. Um, I think she helped me see how strong I actually am. Um, I think she helped me see how good of a football player I actually am, which I think I had lost at a point, especially the beginning of the year. Um, and I know some people probably think that sounds crazy since I got pulled or whatever, but I still think I'm a pretty damn good football player. Um, 
I really would like to have finished that game. And I think I came in strides from how I started this season. Um, I, I really view this as two seasons, um, when I wasn't me and when I was me. Um, and I think, I think you can see when we got hot, I was me. Yeah, I think I kind of answered that question for me personally, um, but for this team, I'm just insanely proud of how, like even when we were 0-4 and also when we were 3-9 and after Labor Day, after losing to Toronto, who we never lose to at home, nobody flinched, man. Nobody, nobody turned on each other. The defense didn't come say, offense, you got to pick it up. The offense didn't say, defense, we're, we're going now, now you got to pick it up. Special team, like, we all just stayed together. Um, I think that's truly special. I don't think it had anything to do with coaching. I think it had everything to do with the guys in the locker room, um, the special people that they are, because um, we have some insanely special people on this team, some insanely special characters too, guys that I'll never forget, memories that I'll never forget. Um, and I think that is what allowed us to even be, like, in the playoffs in the first place. Cause I mean, let's face it, everybody had written us off after Labor Day, right? I mean, probably even some of our own fans, um, but that's not who we were and that's not who we are as people. And I think that was shown in, in how we finished the season. It's probably gonna be harder than after when we lost both Grey Cups, to tell you the truth. Um, I don't wanna say what I wanna say, cause it's probably not the right thing to say, but let's just say it's gonna be pretty hard and um I'm I'm gonna be pretty fired up when I come back fire in your belly right now. yeah it was I don't want to say anything more because I'll get in trouble but I I'm wasn't very happy with how it ended well I want to close on this house in Tulsa that we're in escrow on first um that would be nice um and then other than that man just I want to be the best dad I can be like you said um I can't wait <laughs> I know it sounds so weird, but Nikki's been doing a fantastic job at home, man. Um, and I can't wait for the first time. Sorry. I can't wait for it to be four in the morning and it's my turn to go get her. Um, so, I, so I can't wait for that, for one. Um, I can't wait to get back to Tulsa and just enjoy my friends and my family there um and then when it comes time to start training it's gonna be me that comes back so uh I can't wait for that either and that is Dane Evans the quarterback of the Ticats and uh, you know kudos to him for showing emotion um up on the podium yesterday uh I have great admiration and respect uh, like I said for him as a person and uh to have a front row seat to a season that on the field did not go the way he wanted it to. And, and I know a lot of fans didn't want it to go this way either. And, you know, it's it, people sometimes forget that these players are just that people, humans. Um, so uh, he, he received an unfair amount of uh, vitriol this season. And I understand that as a fan, you have every right to share your opinion. But uh, sometimes I think it's a nice reminder to remember that uh, these people are human. Uh, and humans have feelings. And, uh, yeah, kudos to Dane once again for uh, for showing those uh, feelings and uh, for his honesty all season long and his genuineness. And uh, I, I always had time to talk to me, including yesterday. So my thanks to Dane all season for, uh, for joining me uh, when he did. All right. 
I, I want to get to uh, this one. Chris Van Zyl. Just not the way he wanted the season to go. And the last two seasons have not obviously gone his way health-wise. Um, so I asked him whether he was going to be back for a 14th season. He he touched on that. But even though he wasn't on the field, his impact on the offensive line was definitely felt. He was always at practice. He is a, like I said, 13-year CFL vet. So with a, a lot of new guys coming in this season, uh, Connor Be- or David Beard, uh, Colin Kelly... Tyrone Riley getting into the lineup and, and you know, Rev and Coulter where they were. Coulter moving to center at times this season. Uh, so Re- uh, Chris Van Zyl was a constant presence on the practice field and in the classrooms and in the meeting rooms. So I uh, wanted to catch up with Chris, longtime CFL vet, get his thoughts on the season. So we started with uh, just his thoughts on his season personally. Yeah, personally, it definitely was. Um, I, I could probably speak on behalf of the rest of the guys in the locker room and say frustrating in general um more frustrating at times than others and yeah it was it's a football season sometimes it goes really well and sometimes you have these seasons where it's up and down and kind of roller coaster like so well naturally it takes a little bit longer for all that to happen i mean the cohesiveness and whatnot um you have new guys that come in and they're a little tentative at the beginning and they don't want to take the reins right off the bat and especially at a position like center. I think David Beard did a great job of really uh, establishing himself and um, stepping up and, and leading. I think he did a phenomenal job. Then um, you got Woody and Rev and those guys. I mean, they're natural born leaders and they do everything right. They're in early, out late. Um, and then the tackles, I mean, you had a rotation at tackle basically the whole year. So, um, I mean, I played the first six and then after that it was uh, different guys, different places, left, right. And, Colin did a great job stepping in at right, and he played well for the last, I think, 12 games. And um, yeah, I, I think um, I think the guys did a great job of of of, of excelling and, and doing the right things the right way, and um, they built the continuity kind of naturally. And um, yeah, it's I, I don't know, it's it's tough to really say much more than that. I mean, um, Gibson, Mike Gibson, did a great job of. Uh, keeping us prepared and getting us ready ready every week and I uh, can't say enough uh, about him he did an incredible job um, and then uh, yeah I think I mean last year he did a great job of learning how to become a pro and I think he built off that this year um, I think you look at his development as a player and his technique and skills and whatnot and um, I, I think he took major steps this year and building off of what he built off last year and um, I think the sky's the limit for him. I mean, he just keeps on developing and developing and developing, and um, he's like a sponge. He's, he's constantly learning and constantly growing. And um, Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what he becomes. I know he's great right now, but I think he, he still has room to be better, and um, yeah, I'm excited to watch him grow. Plan on being back next year. I mean, you've dealt with injuries these last couple of years. You know, yeah, on your yeah, I, I do. Um, I have uh, some things that are looming, and um, I got to deal with them. Um, but outside of that, I yeah, I have every intention on coming back, and I always kind of have the mentality: if anyone can do it, I can do it. And um, yeah, I enjoy the game. I still love it. I loved being out there yesterday with the guys, even though it was a very small capacity. And. Um, I look forward to having that opportunity again next year.
And to close the book, help us close the book on the 2022 Hamilton Tiger Cat season. Very pleased to be joined by the man who had the call on every single one of them. It's RJ Broadhead. And uh, RJ, I've tried to pose this question throughout the week. Who were the 2022 Hamilton Tiger Cats? Yeah, funny question. It, it was, you know, it was a battle all season long, right? Right from game one when they lost to Saskatchewan, gave up eight sacks, and nothing seemed to be going right. The very first offensive possession of the season was a fumble recovered by Saskatchewan. It just kind of led into what the whole season was going to be. And and I, I guess the Tiger Cats were like a tiger trying to catch their tail all season long. It There were moments that looked like, okay, here we go. And then there'd be a couple of steps back. And then the way they finished the regular season on that four-game winning streak. But it is interesting to to look back at that four-game winning streak. They didn't blow anyone out of the water. They were getting the victories. So there was a good feeling going into the postseason. But uh, that game in Montreal, there were some uncharacteristic Hamilton Tiger Cat mistakes. For example, allowing two touchdowns in the first quarter. That was the, the first time all season. They had allowed two touchdowns in the opening quarter, so it just got off to a to a poor, poor start. But to answer your question, I think the Tiger Cats were a better team than their 8-10 and 10 record showed. But in the end, there were just too many inconsistencies. I think Braylon Addison was a, was a massive loss on offense that probably doesn't get talked about enough. He finished as the team's third leading receiver, and he missed all that time. So just imagine if yeah. he could have played the whole season. But that was a, a big loss. Um, what could have been is also the question that I'm left with. Uh, what could have been if, if Simone played, played all year, uh, what could have been if Dylan Wynn doesn't go down? What could have been Nick Cross? Milty brought up that name yesterday, Nick Cross, Jake Burt, Braylon Addison, Chris Van Zyl. I mean, that list is long and uh, you can't play that game. Uh, and also you have to give some credit to Montreal. They beat them four times this season that it, that takes some talent. Yeah, yeah, Montreal was was very good in that game, and especially early, Trevor Harris yeah. could not make a mistake, would not make a mistake, and the Tiger Cats couldn't force him into any. It was a, a pretty quiet second half, really, for both teams, but uh, the opening half, that was the Tiger Cats' biggest deficit at halftime. Those 16 points they were down, 22-6 to six to Montreal, and it, you know, I, I said this to Luke, and I may have said it on air, it, it just seemed like it was destined to be that way where the tiger cats had trouble in the second half all season long. And in the game, when their season was on the line, they would need the second half to be their best of the season to win the football game, to keep the season going. They did win the third quarter, but they, they just had too much of a, of a uh, deficit to overcome in the game. But the, the second halves were extremely extremely confusing i believe the fourth quarter turnovers 31 on the season including the postseason that that's a team's season 31 turnovers that was just the fourth quarter for the tiger cats it just seemed to keep happening and uh, there's really no explanation every player knew don't turn it over every coach told them not to turn it over but it just still seemed to happen and you know I'm happy. I'm proud of the Tiger Cats for making the playoffs. Uh, hmm. There were a lot of times this season where it looked like they didn't have a chance. And mathematically, it was looking dismal at times. And they stuck with it. They never wavered. 
Coach O, I think it all starts with him. He never wavered. He had confidence. And, and just to get into the postseason, I think, was big for these Tiger Cats, Louie. But I think they just ran out of steam. Every game meant something all season long. Right after they lost that first yeah. game, they were trying to find it. And even the final game of the regular season, it didn't mean anything in the standings. But to go into the playoffs in a four-game winning streak, that was that was pretty important to be feeling good about yourself. But it's every game meant something. And I think it just was it was too much in the end. And they they ran out of gas. Yeah, that that zero four start to the season, and and you you mentioned it. I've forgotten that the first offensive drive for the <laughs> Tie Cats was a fumble turnover, and because I thought of it, and I I think I texted Milty at the time or somebody at the time that that Matthew Shield said, of course it was a former Tiger Cat in Tyrese yeah. Beverett. of course it was Matt Shields <laughs> in Montreal, uh, and of course it was a turnover because. That play basically summed up the Ticat season. It was a former Ticat burning him. It was a new guy who, you know, who had shown flashes all season, who was in the role, and it was a turnover. I mean, that that story, that's the story of the year for the Ticats is turnovers. Yeah, it, it really was. And kind of how the season started, it ended. The Tiger Cats did get the ball back, but there wasn't enough time. Wait, to we, don't, we don't need to see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, come on. It's not a, It's not as good of a story if we talk about that last drive. I mean, we can, come on. Let's take some, <laughs> well, let's take some creative justice here, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, even that last drive, you know, I like that yeah. they could have taken a knee and, hey, we can't get two scores, but but why not? Why not try? And I, I thought that was it. They went down fighting right to the very last play. But, yeah, the turnovers were were a recurring problem. Um, in a way, Louis, I, you want the team to win the Grey Cup, but yeah. next year hosting the Grey Cup, that's a really, really important season. And to to learn what they learned from this year, I, I think some players helped themselves, some players didn't. The coaching staff will reevaluate and and make a few tweaks that need to be made, and I think next year is going to be um, – a fantastic year. I, I think yeah. I, I'm going to say it. They're they're going to win the Grey Cup. Tiger there you Cats go. are going to win the Grey Cup uh, at Tim Hortons Field. Write it down. I got to go. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> write it down. Hey, listen, we wrote down when you said that there wasn't going to be crossover. So if I'm going to take a prediction from anyone, RJ, uh, I'm taking it from you. And and to that point, uh, there are some guys who are likely going to be well compensated this off season. There are guys who are going to test the open market. This team might look very different next season if you were in the chairs of ed hervey and spencer zimmerman and coach o and kahari jones and you're looking at this big board what what are a couple of names you think need to be back what what, where where are you building around this team yeah well (laughs) you're not in that chair though that's uh, (laughs) yeah yeah it's a tough question louis because you're right there there's a lot to be determined and and just to go back to my last point, sometimes you have to take a step back to take two steps forward and not making it to the Grey Cup for the first time in, in three seasons maybe gives the Tiger Cats an opportunity to see what went wrong and and really rectify that. I I think a, a guy like Jovan Santos Knox really stands out. Uh, the season he had, he he stepped up. He He's one of the best defensive players in the league. I, I really like the defense as much as it, they can keep that together that would be that would be fantastic um the offensive line coach sal always says it you're as good as your you're only as good as your offensive yeah. line and I, I may be paraphrasing a bit on coach sal but that's uh, I, think, basically I think you got it point. spot on i think you got it spot <laughs> on there 
but but that's important and that that was a, a real problem for the tiger cats and and early in the season and it doesn't get talked about when quarterbacks are getting sacked when the running back isn't getting many yards it's kind of focused on the quarterback and the running back but the offensive line has has so much impact in so many aspects of the offense that 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 is an area that the tiger cats have to go in with some guys and some depth there where they're very comfortable Uh, was there somebody who you could see throughout this season develop into the player that we saw in, in the playoffs. Like I, I have somebody in mind that, that I, I, I was really impressed with how they grew through the season on the field and off. Uh, and I, I'm curious if there's anyone like that in, in your head that, uh, that, that you were impressed by that maybe at the start of the season, you, you thought, okay, where's this, where, where are they going to fit? But uh, who, who, who impressed you this year? Yeah. Well, I, again, Tim White, I thought he had a fantastic season and maybe that's an area where the Tiger Cats will see the health of Braylon Addison. I mean, that would have made such a, a difference. Imagine him with, yeah. with Dunbar and Tim White and and you mix in, you know, Turnowski and, and Keandre Smith or Lamar Durant. Like it just would have been a, a, a totally different, uh, different team. Yeah. But I, I think back to Tim White and there was a stretch of about three or four games where he didn't have many passing yards. And, and I remember, I think you and I talked about it in the, in the media room and Milty might've been there, but we speculated, is there an injury or something? He just hasn't been targeted. He's, he's not putting up numbers and kind of ever since that, that time. And that was probably five or six games into the season. He just went on a tear and had some massive games and, wound up being one of the top receivers in the league. So I, I thought he took some, some real uh, steps forward as, as one of the elite guys. And I think some of it had to do with he was able to train for football. Because yeah. the previous year, I think he was more training for the Olympics. And yeah. such a good athlete, he was able to transition it into football. And I think even next year, he, he can build on that and maybe be the, the number one receiver in the CFL. He has that capability, and his yards after the catch are amazing. Um, yeah, so I, I'm curious to yeah. to hear the guy you've been thinking of, Louis. Uh, Keandre Smith stands out to me a lot because mm-hmm. yeah, I remember watching him in training camp and he had such raw talent in training mm-hmm. camp. And, and it was funny being around the team this year after not having that experience in, in 2021. And, you know, again, being a, another year removed from the 2019 season, you kind of forget being around these guys so often that, they're people and they're young people, right? They're, these are, these yeah. are young guys. 22 like Keandre, years old. Keandre. Keandre, the youngest guy on the team. And, and I, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn that it showed sometimes it, off the field, uh, just in terms of big young guy, loud guy. Uh, and then just the, the person he is now and the player he is now really impressed me. Uh, you know, he was all over the field on special teams and uh, just to hear the players and his teammates like Steven and like Tim or, or, uh, or, or Dane, uh, talk about his growth. And then I guess maybe a, not a, a, the same, but Cedric Wilcots is a guy I think could be a really interesting piece to this Ticats defense. Um, you know, I, it, Teddy is Teddy's getting up there. Mike is not as young, I'm not saying Micah can't play every day. Cause I think he can, but mm-hmm. uh, Cedric Wilcox came in here and obviously had a little bit of fire in the belly at that big two sack game uh, in his second game. Uh, I'd be curious to see what he does with the leadership 
of a Julian House era round or a, a Micah Johnson and Dylan Wynn. If you know, I think that it might look different next year. I don't know this situation of contracts. I, I, I stay out of that. I, it's not my job <laughs> to speculate on contracts and and when guys are. I think you know, there's there's some interest in it, but uh, yeah, I, I, I think the I, I just one of those players. I think has uh, some potential in this team. Yeah, yeah, and I they gave up a lot for him and Alden Darby. He yep. just had so such great energy. But Wilcott's a, a rookie young player. He does have potential. Mason Bennett did take yep. a a big leap forward. Malik Carney was tied for the team lead in sacks. And I agree with you on Keandre Smith. I know in training camp he, you know, I heard some stories that, you know, maybe the ego was a little big for a rookie. And uh, and as he matured throughout the year. When he had that fumble against Montreal, he didn't get many opportunities after that. He had two receptions the rest of the season. So he was predominantly on special teams. I found that a little bit disappointing because I thought he had that big game ability, big play ability, and he, he just didn't uh, didn't get the opportunity as the season went down. And, and whether it was in relation to that fumble against Montreal or if it was just the way the the team had planned things, but there weren't a lot of offensive opportunities. He'll get those opportunities coming up next year and and could be, I think he could be a star in the league. I was keeping track of, of him earlier on in the season and he was on a stretch where if he was targeted, he made the catch if it was catchable. Yeah. So he, he didn't have any drops. The other thing about Keandre Smith that I think really puts it into perspective is Tiger Cats last won the Grey Cup in 1999. Keandre Smith was born in 2000. So had to go there. Would be, would be you too to young to remember 99, but Keandre Smith doesn't have a chance yeah. to remember 99. He wasn't even born yet, but it does put it into perspective. And the Tiger Cats are due 2023. There you go. I think it's going to be a big year. You, you got a bold prediction. Uh, RJ, <laughs> I appreciate everything uh, you've done when you come on this show. Uh, I've enjoyed your call. I didn't get to see you as much. Uh, you know, with the, with a different role this season, but uh, looking forward to uh, to seeing you lots and hope you have a great off season, my friend. Well, it was always good to see you around the stadium when we did uh, cross paths and hope to see you a lot coming up, Louie, and uh, you do a fantastic job. And it's been it's been great chatting with you throughout the season. I appreciate that. Uh, I shouldn't spoil. You are going to be around this week. You and uh, you and uh, Luke putting out a, a final season ending episode of Ticats this week, right? Yes. Yeah. We'll obviously talk tie cats. We'll look at the playoffs and we'll get some of our, our thoughts, highlights, maybe some low lights of the season, but uh, you know, it was a roller coaster for, yeah. for the tiger cats and tiger cats fans. But uh, again, like I said earlier, Louie, I'm really proud that this team was able to make the playoffs. I think that was an accomplishment after the way the season started. Well said RJ. Thanks for doing this, buddy. Thanks Louie. And my thanks to RJ Broadhead for joining me today. And as always, my thanks to you as well. And as mentioned there, you can catch RJ on a brand new episode of Cats this week alongside Luke Tasker, dropping later this week on the Cats Audio Network. Speaking of Luke Tasker, this is a brand new episode of the Coach O Show. And Luke Tasker was teammates with Andy Fantuz. And speaking of Andy Fantuz, he's on the CFL this week with Bubba O'Neill and Derek Taylor. And that's available now on the Ticats Audio Network. See how I did that? A word association uh, to wrap up this show here today. Uh, we are back tomorrow. We'll take a look at the defense. We'll hear from Simone Lawrence uh, and uh, we'll hear from Ted Laurent as well. Uh, so join us then on the Ticats Audio Network. From all of us here at Ticats Today, I'm Louis Butko. Hope you have a great day. Ticats Today can be heard every weekday and we would like to hear from you. 
Email us at gameday at ticats.ca. Have a question or an opinion? We want to hear it. That's gameday at ticats.ca. Subscribe to the Ticats Audio Network on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.